So I've, I've written a few things down. Uh, I'm not entirely sure some of you may be familiar with these terms. Some of you may be very thoroughly familiar with them and understand them. Some of them might be a little bit theoretical. Um, so uh, I'm trying to present how it all kind of is things get going in your in your mind and how you can you know you use some of these terms to navigate how your your chitta is affected and what it inclines towards so you know so contact that comes with consciousness you're conscious of something is because it's made contact with a, a sense organ, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. No contact, that consciousness does not arise. Okay. So probably quite a bit of the time, we don't have much taste, con taste consciousness, probably only two or three times a day, perhaps. Doesn't mean we haven't got a tongue, it just doesn't arise, because there's no object landing on it. Pretty much all the time, mind, mind consciousness is cooking away, all kinds of stuff landing in it, uh, and, and, and self-generated. The mind creates its own topics. Because yeah. the mind consciousness sits behind the other five and says, what, is, what does that look like to you? Oh, I like that. What does that sound like? Yeah. So the mind consciousness sits behind the other five and says, what does that taste like? What does it look like? Yeah. That's called perception. The mind interprets something. Yeah. This is mind consciousness, manovinyana. And we build that up over a lifetime, depending on our culture. So if you take a, you know, a laptop computer to somebody living in the Amazon, you show them this thing, to them it's just a slab. What's that? You know? <laughs> Whereas most of us will probably immediately recognize it for what it is. So the sanya, the perception has not been established, even though they visually see it, the mind doesn't interpret it. doesn't mean it's stupid. just means that it's not been learned. Mm. Yeah. So there's this learning process, sanya. Mm. Yeah. The chitta feels. The mano doesn't feel anything. It's not associated with feeling. It just creates concepts, perceptions. Lands in the chitta, the chitta feels. Mm. And it feels... You could say it feels two things. First of all, the basic impact of something landing, like, oh, what's that? Turns, what's that? And then the, the perception <laughs> that reminds me of something pleasant <laughs> feeling. Yeah. So we get to identify sights, sounds, touches yeah, that are agreeable pleasing. Mm.
And again, if you want you to see how, how babies are, how it's always screaming, because they don't really know very much about what's pleasant and unpleasant, so they can kind of accidentally burn themselves, or they're constantly probing around, trying to figure out, you know, what, how does all this stuff happen, you know? And so they begin to build up a sense of that's painful, that's pleasant, that's... Uh, and so on. And then, of course, uh, as we get used to social contact uh, with other humans, what gives me uh, affection or, or stability or pleasant, and what makes me uh, ostracized or blamed or ignored, you know, so pleasant. So all this stuff builds up. And those, those perceptions uh, carry, as they, as they come into the chitta, they're not just pure, you know, literal meanings. They're what things feel like and what they signify to us. What they signify to us. And that signifying, signing, is called a sign. And a sign in, in Pali is called nimitta. So... And as you meditate, as you get uh, deeper into it, you see that the chitta is attracted to signs, the sign of the beautiful, the sign of the ugly, you know, the sign that will uh, produce certain feelings. And these, the mind can start imagining, because the chitta is, um, look, you know, it's trying to find a pleasant abiding place. So it starts to create, you know, images, impressions, memories, fond memories, agreeable in- imaginations of the future, uh, fantasies, dreams that feel agreeable, mm-hmm. and also uh, longs for security. So it's apprehensive, and there are signs it finds worrying, frightening, and these come up too. So. You get these disturbing signs, images, impressions, and all that kind of rocking around signs. Nimitta, and out of that, things get activated. So, you know, okay, sound of a voice, is that agreeable or disagreeable? Harsh? Find a voice harsh, comforting, rich, fluid, sharp, shrill. Very significant experience, a human voice, because it means a lot to us. Because it's the first sign we get of where somebody's, where, where somebody, what their emotions are about. If they're angry, or they're harsh, or they're forceful, or they're gentle or encouraging, we pick that up in the sound of the voice. Mm. The language. And it's quite interesting because when I went to Thailand, Thailand being Thai being a tonal language, tonal language, so it's got five tones in it. So you get ma, 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 ma. Now in English, ma is a question. But in Thai, it's not a question. It's just the way a particular word is pronounced, ma. So you think they're not asking questions. But they're not asking questions at all. And you get some sounds are like ma, which is a kind of ex, uh, uh, kind of a, a, a explosive sound. We must be angry, not angry. 
That's just the way the word is pronounced. And so you have the word, for example, you can have ma, 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 or ma. So, of course, English speakers are so confused because they're calling ma could mean dog, or it could mean come, or it could mean horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> depending which tone it's got into it. So, over the ties always fun, it's so funny when suddenly it's time to talk about dogs and horses. Because and <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get the tone right. You see, you, you don't hear, you, you, when you hear the word, you hear the tonality, and that's the sign that the mind picks up. You know? And it's associated with that question or exclamation, it's forceful. You know? or, or falling away means a kind of uh, loss of interest. You know, oh, that's all right. <laughs> But these, the, so when you, you know, this, so you get to the sound, the sign. You see, it's not the not the actual word, or even the voice. It's it's the particular tonality that the chitta picks up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we read that into the person. Oh, she must be really angry, or she's he's got a lot of questions, and he hasn't. It's just he's just talking normally. And we go to South Africa. They have another sets of sounds which are that's a sound, there's, there's that sound, and there's another sound, there's another sound for you. There's five clicky sounds, which always sound like the person's either got stuck, something stuck in their throat, <laughs> but to them it's just a sound like C or K or anything else, it's just they use their mouth differently. So again, you think, what on earth is he talking? What's he doing? What's happening? Yeah. Quite confusing. Sounds, yeah. Sights, yeah. We take orange, we have orange, color of, generally the color of, of passion and fire and liveliness. Yeah. Orange. Green, cool. Yeah. They're, they're, they're colors. <laughs> yeah. Red. In Chinese, red is considered uh, good fortune, good luck. Red is a very positive sign. New Year, red lanterns. Uh, in uh, in the West, they don't. That isn't the case. Red is generally associated with blood, or, <laughs> or maybe revolution. <laughs> so the the, the the color is one perception. You perceive it as red. But the other perception is a is a an undertone, which is the, the the sign. You see, so red is the perception, but passionate is the sign. Right? Blue is a perception, a true perception, but peaceful and space spacious is the sign. And the citta will always experience the sign. Uh, dominates the rest of it, dominates the the rest of the perception. Mm. When we're using the mind in meditation, we understand this, and you you, you recognize you what kind of signs cause the chitta to feel angry or agitated or passionate, craving, lustful, uh, you know, or greedy, craving. Uh, or warm and soft and comfortable. Mm. 
here we are using these four elements which are fairly neutral they're not extremely anything most people don't really have much earth is just so what <laughs> but when you really get into it earth can be a very agreeable sign as a sign of stability you know, that which will always be there and hold you, support you so when you're sitting, you're sitting on the earth you're sitting not just on the floor or on the ground but you bring your chitta to that what does it feel like? what does it feel like? it feels like solid, stable don't have to work for it don't have to hold it together it's there for me, it will carry me then that sign for the chitta is an encouraging sign because it Jitta, oh, oh. It, it begins to drop its weight and the jitta carries weight in terms of its um, uh, anxiety its um, fearfulness it's often you know, desperately looking for something to hold on to so you provide the earth element and the earth element is a, very, is a peaceful sign they're all peaceful signs the earth element is a sign of that which is stable and you can let all your weight rest upon it. And when we experience weight, clearly it's obviously physical weight, but also we can feel very heavy-hearted, uh, overwhelmed, so much on my mind. You know, carrying so my life is just so full, I'm totally over. I'm nearly struggling. <laughs> so you get that's a sign. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, the sign of the mind is I'm overwhelmed, I'm struggling, can't carry, you know. So it's not, you know, it's not, I got a lot on my mind or get off my back, you know, because we, we feel that way. Again, it's, where's that? Well, that's the sign of the chitta. So you, you listen beneath your thoughts and you're, Concerns, you know, so what's the overall sense? The sign of the jitta, the sitter is struggling under weight. Oh my goodness, so much to have to handle. So then you bring up, turn towards the sign of the earth. Now, these uh, sign of the earth, we can, uh, f we can begin to feel it in the body. Also, it cools everything down because when you, you look around any, any object, that first of all, you get the sense of, ah, you know, the, like the visual consciousness is traveling and it hits something. Well, anything solid, including another human body, just as earth element. You know, the sense of it's there, it doesn't, it's not blowing around. You know, it's not hot, it's just earth so we look around and we see earth and that means it, rather than the kind of agitation we can get into about what she's feeling like or what he thinks of me or uh, what I'm supposed to do with her or what she's wearing or what he you know <laughs> you get very agitated just this body earth <laughs> takes the drama out and then the mind and the chitta is kind of oh, don't, all that tangle and agitation doesn't do it 
all that tangling and, and, and reacting and comparing and contrasting and it stops. Make your meditation like the earth, Rahula. And jitta stops creating anything. Hmm. Water element, the, the pliability, the malleability, the suppleness. Yeah. Shape is a sign of water. Things have a certain shape. Because if, they, if they'd had no water in, they'd just be dust and fall apart. So things are able to maintain a cohesive shape because of the water element. So you see, shape is just water. Yeah. So if you look at it, you know, you see the stylish shapes of cars, they're often very fluid shapes, aren't they? Kind of clunky, lumpy, but it's nice, smooth, curving shapes. It's the water element. Human bodies can be attractive by the shape of the body. It's just, it's just a shape. <laughs> you know, shape is a shape. There's nothing else you can do with it because it's just a shape. And it can change shape. You know, bodies. If you just move your body, it changes its shape, and of course, it changes its shape depending on age and so forth. So, it's a shape. So, again, it, it, uh, pick up that sign. And again, what what's removed? Craving for shape, passion for shape, passion for the element. Just just that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you can do so. This you can then you practice this externally. You see, you can practice this with what you see and what you touch. And then, of course, when you come into what we call formal meditation, earth, and then the the f- fluidities, a certain buoyancy, body is buoyant. Certain lifting quality to it. It's the regular, the regular fluidity of breathing in and out. It's like water. Now, some the air element is the pushing, pushing, but pushing. But air itself doesn't have a shape. It's just, just pushes. But as the air, kind of pushes the earth element, then the water element, it starts to take on a shape and it also gets warmed up so we can feel the various degrees of warmth caloricity luminosity around us with our eyes we can see it shining fires and lights and we can experience it in terms of our own bodily warmth the sign is just this cooling so these are signs that uh, establish something that your chitta will will settle on the chitta looks for signs something to feel it's connected to the sign is the way the perception connects to the chitta 
You know, if you, okay, you know, you see, you see, say, a fruit, for example, you see a fruit, a fruit like an orange or something like that, you say it's an orange, but what really connects your citta is it's a, it's a beautiful orange, or it's a tasty orange, or an orange that looks like it's really juicy and sweet. So you, you see what I mean, that, that you both you see it with your eye, but then, Behind it comes the sense of, oh, I know an orange is there, really sweet and juicy. So you get the sign comes in, the piece of the chitter is really interested. It's not a description of the fruit, but how pleasing it is. Okay, so, you know, so we, you know, then you can, when that's the case, you go, you can kind of, con- you can notice that really getting uh, about this fruit, feeling of taste, the taste of tasteableness, the lusciousness of the taste of that orange. And you get some craving, or then you can, okay, wait a minute, it's just orange globe. Solid. Earth. Just a thing. And then, so the, the earth element, or or the sh- you know, then imposes itself, and the this supposition of tastiness or lusciousness is supplanted by something else that's cooling, stabilizing. Because you don't actually know whether it's tasty or luscious, but you do know it's solid. It's it's an object. This helps to take away the basis, the citta implanting its codes of preference and craving and fascination into material things. Why do material things get so exciting, so captivating? Because they planted with codes. You understand? You know, you look at a device, it's the design of the device that is attractive. The glowing screen, the nice smooth curves. You get a new phone or something like that. It's a nice glowing screen, smooth curves, quality of the metal. And all these are very carefully, you know, through professional people, carefully sculpting signs. This is not a device just to perform a function. This is not, you know, a device to perform a a function. This is an object of delight. (laughs) With lovely colors and glowing things and little bleepy sounds coming out of it. That will talk to you in a murmuring, purring voice even though there's nobody there. <laughs> it's a sign of comfort, sophistication, and so on. Of course, when I, my uh, younger days, they didn't have these, these things, mobile phones. A phone was a sort of plastic thing, like it's a little square box with a, with a dial on it and you put your finger in the dial 
And then you had this kind of other lump of plastic, which was the earpiece, you picked it up and you talked in it. The idea that this could be attractive is completely impossible. <laughs> There's nothing whatsoever. How could you attract it to a phone? It's just ugly thing <laughs> that you use, if you have to, to talk to somebody. So, but then the signs got seeded into that thing, into that device. They planted these signs in, into these. That's so the that's the way the material world gets us <laughs> because of these decoys. Clearly, you know, human body is, you know, it's just there. It is, you know, legs, feet. Back, bones, tissues, flesh, various things of hair, eyes. Yeah. And yet there's a profound coding into that of that which is represents something attractive, um, glamorous, um, so on. It really is fundamentally earth, water, fire and air. <laughs> just, what does that take away? It takes away a whole burden, doesn't it? A whole set of tangles about one's body or somebody else's body. It takes away all that tangling and heating and agitation, emotional stirrings. The chitter is freed. That's why we use these. Uh, these have been developed. Now this is just one meditation object amongst many um, we can use. But it's, uh, it's a helpful language, the, the four fundamental elements. The fifth element, space, is the absence of pressure. So it's called a derived sign. Or, um, in other words, it's not what you know, it's what isn't there. Earth is definitely mm, there. Space is that. You notice there's no pressure, there's no resistance, there's no heat, there's no movement. It's the absence. And that's an important sign too particularly when the chitta is experiencing a lot of pressure. Yeah. So we tend to the space element. Now, where is the space element? Well, <laughs> when you're walking, you're walking through space. Otherwise you couldn't walk if there's no space in front of you. You do when you're sitting, you're sitting in space, otherwise you'd be squashed flat. If you're not squashed flat, there must be space. But we don't tend to notice space. So we, but space is as essential and for, as everything else because you know, it's, it's everywhere. You look in this room, most of it is space. Without the space, it would be a terrible, useless room. We just all squashed in here like sardines on top of each other. 
if you look around, most of the room is space. There's some solid stuff, light coming in. Mostly it's space. It's the space that makes it comfortable. But again, like the others said, you have to draw your attention to it. The sign of space and what the sign of space feels like. Open, no pressure, room to, room to grow, ease, cool, no, no resistances. The sign of space. So again, you know, you, 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 when you want to do your meditation, say, you, you can do it like this, just sitting down, standing, walking, experiencing space. Front of your body, behind you, above your head. Extending your attention. It's a derived sign. Very necessary because, uh, particularly for a city dweller, there's so many things jostling for your attention, so many things competing for your attention, so many lights, sounds, buzzes, bleeps, flashing lights, um, physical objects, cars, traffic, people just crushing in. Uh, Very congested. And then the jitter starts to get tight, defensive, closed, then we get irritable or obsessive because the jitter closes in on itself and it's closed in on a, on a cramped sense. So it, it closes on its own congestion and we feel even more congested. <laughs> so the external congestion is taken, the sign of congestedness is taken internally, we feel congested internally. Oh, you know. Then, so then, when the chitra is congested internally, okay, it creates memories and perceptions associated with congestion. That is, oh, so much to do. I got a lot to do. I got a plan the next week. I must remember this is so and so. I remind I've done that. It looks like, oh, I've forgotten that. You know, it, it, it creates based upon the sign because the sign becomes the contact. The contact gives rise to the perception. The perception gives rise to the sankhara. So when a congested jitta creates its own congestion, creates more congestion. The impassioned jitta creates things they get impassioned about. Imaginations. So this can happen not just with physical objects. We, by and large, we have uh, data overload. This means everything we're getting data. There are words written over everything. There are signs. Don't do this. Do that. Buy one of these. Go there. Don't go here. Watch out for that. This is not allowed. The six of these, it's 30, 30 kilometers to that. There's that town called this, that, and the other. 
everything's got a label on it. Everybody's wearing labels. Everybody's wearing words. You know, you walk around, you're reading everybody's shirt. <laughs> so everything's got words. So, so you get incredible data. Something quite funny slogans, you know, written on people people's shirts. You know? And you say, but actually, what's happening all the time? But 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 more stuff coming in, more data coming in. And the jitta gets overwhelmed by just because every every item of data is another perception, another perception, another perception, another perception. So the jitta is is saturated with perceptions, and it feels overwhelmed. Uh, and the overwhelmed jitta. Ah, oh, it's such a stressful day. I remember you know, in the monastery they have a uh, when we have generally every few days there's some kind of um, uh, you know like um, the people go through the rota and say okay everybody's gathered together. Venerable so and so, I think it's your turn to do. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay, fine. Could you take? Ajahn so-and-so and so-and-so to the dentist. Yeah, that's okay. So, oh, the cat's got to go to the vet. Take the cat. Who's taking the cat to the vet? Take the cat to the vet. And there's a group of Lao people coming to bring dana. Lao people coming to bring dana. Do we have enough rice? You know, we've got to cook. Somebody says we've got to cook the rice. Okay, but we've got to prepare for five days' time. It's Wesak. Wesak's coming up in five days' time, so we need to prepare for that. Uh, and who knows where to do that? Oh, so-and-so news, but he's gone away. Does anybody else know how to do their sound system? You know, in 10 minutes, you suddenly think, I feel completely overwhelmed. I want to get out of here. And all I've done is just sit there. <laughs> all these images of sound systems and venerable so-and-so and the cat, and the cat's got fleas and stuff going into my mind, and everyone's got bad, but see, and it's in 10 minutes, I feel, can you feel quite... Overwhelmed, you just start getting busy and agitated, like do something. There's nothing to do because, <laughs> you know, that's the cat, and that's five days' time. So, this is the kind of thing is happening, and we get very congested and overwhelmed by concepts and perceptions. And most of them are about things that could be, should be would be interesting, might happen, not even here. We get flooded with virtual realities and as such, because they're virtual realities, they never end because they don't exist. (laughs) You know, something exists, it's definitely there and then it's gone. But a virtual reality like um, there's a lot of business to do Or what could be, it it's it can stay there. Even if you do everything, still that sense of there's a bit more to do can stay there, because there's always more to do. And so one gets agitated, and the mind starts to get busy doing things. As they say, the English, well, it's just a British phrase is. If you want something done, find a busy person. Because a busy person is someone who easily gets agitated and starts doing all kinds of things, <laughs> even though they don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs>
they still they just got used to running fast. The sign have to do along with the idea that once we get that done everything will be okay and it's never finished. So then, you know, we just realize the need for space element. All those thoughts, all those fiery, windy, blowing thoughts blowing through space of the mind. Go to the space, bring your attention to the space of the mind, the citta, give less attention to the wind and the fire. Space. Very helpful, very important. Because what the jitter experiences, its energies and its congestions and its agitations, as I think you probably get now, goes into the body. Goes into the body's nervous system goes into the body's subtle energy system. So we're finding ourselves feeling pressurized, tense, fidgety, can't rest, can't sleep, rustling around, body feels tight, and, uncom- and then we don't want to sit down because your body feels so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. What feeds the chitta, the inner signs of the chitta, and the stirrings of the chitta affect the body, and vice versa. So we end up generating our own suffering <laughs> and stress. And so we must, so putting energy into practice, putting effort into practice. And again, once you, you, we use a word like effort, the very sound of it, it's got a sort of a sigh to it, doesn't it? Effort. Oh my goodness, this means struggle. Effort. Oh, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> but, you know, the effort is to sustain what's uplifting and supporting and to put aside what's harmful and debilitating. So this is not just a matter of sheer push, is it? It's a matter of wisdom. What is debilitating? Compression is debilitating. Over-urgency is debilitating. Congestion is debilitating. Carrying a lot more weight than you need to is debilitating. So you, your first kind of effort is just to start unloading the weight, unloading the tangles, unloading the weight, unloading the data. Yeah. Recognizing even having too much data in your, in your mind, too, too many pieces of information in your mind, stirs things up and the, the jitter gets agitated. Is this that or that, this that, this that, and then it doesn't settle. So we say, okay, then an effort must be made to attend to the skillful sign. These unskillful signs can be very dominating and convincing and compelling. There's so much to do. I've got to get to this. 
I'm, you know, it's very compelling. What does it feel like? What does, it, does that feel helpful, beautiful, comfortable, interesting? Or does it just feel like more strain? Then clearly that's not, not a skillful sign. Skillful sign is joyful effort. There's plenty of space here. There's quite a lot of space. I've got some time and some space. I could actually just open and rise. There's room. Yeah, I could, I could play, you know. I could get interested. Then I've got some effort, some energies right there. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so it's a sign of space. So an effort must be made to establish the correct sign. And then to stay with it and extend it. Mm. So so if you're walking, you know, you can feel the space in front of your body, maybe in front of your face, in front of your chest. Mm. Walking, space in front of the chest, no pressure there. And then how how big is that space? You can't really measure space, so you just keep extending. This is if your 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 sensitivity is inquiring into the space and moving into that space as you walk, exploring it. So you can extend the sign of space. And then behind. So it's not just in front but behind and above. So there's that movement is there, the earth element is there, the the body when you're standing, and you can then extend the sign of space around it. As whatever feels suitable. Breathing in, breathing out. The air, air element. Mm. Uh, comfortable air element expand so the air element's made more comfortable when the body is a little more room in it so it's not compressed uh, so I've been indicating some ways and means of of um, your interoceptive sense expanding it so the interoceptive sense is the sense the body has of itself internally. And I would suggest that for many people the, in, the internal sense is primarily living in the head and the upper chest and it's a fairly tight package I'm in here. So through some of these things, exercises we've been doing, even just exploring and using the spine properly to cause the chest to open and the abdomen to open it's not physically that strenuous and it's not physically that big a shift but the interoceptive sense changes suddenly I've got a lot more space and you explore areas like your where your arm joins your body or your throat leaves the, the, the trunk where these can get quite tight and you keep opening, expanding, bring your awareness there, expand the sense of space internally. Head can feel very tight. 
we get headaches, we feel tension, because of course the head is, is often, this is where we concentrate, we tend to furrow our brows, we focus our eyes, tightening, and with lots of information your eyes are always looking at this, that, this, that. So you get a lot of energy tight up here. Uh, so we breathing, coming up into the back of the throat, so open the hair from inside. Uh, just like maybe you're gargling or in, uh, having an inhaler. So you're not interested in the end, tip of the nose, but the back of the nose and all that flows down the throat, opening internally, opening around the eyes, inter- around the, in, internally in the head. And you can feel the energy of breathing drift moving through there. That's and that's again takes the pressure off your head, expanding your attention. Now, if we can consider uh, the time of the Buddha, okay, how many zero cars, zero signs, zero phones, zero bleeps, zero signals, no very few written words at all. You know, if there were any words, they'd just be written down on maybe trading, but most people didn't read or write, and there weren't any words written down on anywhere, so you're out in the forest. What's it like? Have you ever, lived, have you ever walked in a forest? Have you always lived in a city? Have you ever walked in a forest? Uh, what's it like to walk in a forest? You have to Particularly if it's gloomy, forest can be quite dim. You open your hearing. You become very much attuned to your body because you could what you're standing on, what you're walking on. Your hearing opens, your tactile sense opens, your sense of balance opens, your internal sense opens up. Yeah. There's not a lot of things to get micro-focus on. You have generally quite a broad focus with your eyes because there's nothing particular to see. It's just you want to see everything because the tiger could be off in left field. So you don't want to be focusing on a butterfly five feet in front of you and avoid the, not see the tiger off in left field, so you've got a broad focus. Yeah. And you're, you don't absorb into any particular sense object, because if you start getting fascinated with the flowers on the tree, you could fall down a pit or stand on a snake. <laughs> so you're not, you're, all the senses are open, but none of them are are focused on. They're just peripheral. Mostly what you're sensing is stay calm, stay tuned in, stay wakeful, stay balanced, be alert. In other words, you're focusing on your chitta. And the senses come second. Then you're noticing is the chitta steady? If it's it's comfortable, it's very important to get that correct, your heart state correct, 
And your attention is then pretty wide. As I said, I call it the personal space, which is roughly an arm's length around you, because if you walk in the forest, that must be your basic concern to make sure you don't stumble into a spider's nest, uh, a spider's web, or a, or a wasp nest, so you, what's within my area, you have that, and you're also tuned into beyond that. So the sense of space is <laughs> pretty paramount, <laughs> and items arise within that. Yeah. So someone who'd, who'd lived all their life and the child are on, on in that kind of environment, what kind of attention do you think they'd have? Open, stable, panoramic, but not looking at anything, just an open field, deeply receptive, you know, noticing any signs that attract or f- fearful. Yeah. The immediate instincts that occur and responding to those. This is how you should meditate. Yeah. And when the forest dweller comes to a safe place, they look around and check out the no ants, no ants nest. Find a place to sit on the earth. You know, steady. Got a tree behind them, protective canopy over, shelter. They sit within that. The signs are then peaceful, stable, steady. Earth beneath, space above. You know, sitting in that feeling the chitta doesn't have to go out to the senses. The chitta then sits in this body, picks up that very comfortable rhythm, breathing in, breathing out. Mm. Mm. Picks it up. Because that's what the rhythm and the fluidities and the energies of it are naturally, they're comfortable, they're not forced, they're not tight, they're not urgent, they're given. They're given. And the jitta then can rest in the given. And we make an effort, make an effort to establish that quality of attention and to stay with it while the mind thinks, what about this, what about that? <laughs> just, just, here we are, <laughs> returning again, you know, coming out of the, the panic and the fluster of the congested mind. Pick up the sign. Yeah. And as a meditator, as you're kind of cultivating that, realize this is, this is the important thing. Yeah. What does the jitta feel stabilized by and comfortable with? And if, you, if your body business is properly done, adequately done, it's going to find breathing 
pretty comfortable and stable and uh, and and supportive because he, if you get the body business right, the breathing holds you up. It's the inhalation coming up into the chest that supports the structure. So you're not constantly holding yourself up with your muscles. You just use your muscles to get the right posture, to get the shoulder blades <laughs> to drop and open up and the head to relax. Then the inhalation comes up into your chest, up into your, and that's that lifting holds your body up. So after a while you can almost hang there being lifted by the breathing. You know, inhalation and then soothed by the exhalation. So the sign of that is extremely attractive and agreeable and skillful. You, know, you attend to it, so you make an effort to attend to that and to support that and to do the little you know, tweaks and adjustments and persistences to encourage these signs to come, come forth. And the re- result is the jitta feel happy and uh, rapturous. Rapture is buoyant. The hindrances of negativity, crabbiness, crankiness, hostility, grumpiness, disappears. Hindrance of passion, craving, searching for sense data disappears. The dullness and the sluggishness, if your energy is right, that disappears. The restlessness, if your energy is right, that settles down. Then you feel deep confidence because there's something there that's supporting you. And it's as long and as steady as your breath. And it's there birth to death. So the jitta enters without the sign of birth or death. And deathless is felt, touched in this body is the expression that's used. One touches the deathless in one's body. (laughs) Where's that? Because when when the, your life is lifted, yeah, and held and carried, yeah, it's something that uh, and the jitta is is buoyant. Yeah. Obviously, the physical tissues disappear, don't they? But the jitta is buoyant, steady. It doesn't have that, the sign of death, the sign of breaking down, the sign of fear, the sign of, you know, that those signs are not apparent. Mm. So let's take some time for practice.